Callie Crossley, and this is Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. And now for the part of the show we call Lanyap. That's Creole for something extra. If you don't know his name, you probably have heard his music. He's Bad Bunny, a Puerto Rican superstar who has topped Billboard charts for years. Indeed, he was Spotify's most streamed artist in the world for the last three years running. But until recently, his appeal hasn't translated to critical recognition from the Recording Academy. No Spanish-language album has ever been nominated for the biggest prize in music, the Grammy's Album of the Year, until Bad Bunny made history when he was nominated for that honor in November. While that's reason to celebrate, critics ask, why did it take so long, and will this change how we listen to and respect Latin music? Two experts examine why a handful of Latin artists were finally able to transcend Grammy's niche categories and what this says about the rise and undeniable influence of Latin music in America. Joining me remotely is Leila Cobo, journalist, author, and Billboard's chief content officer of Latin music. Welcome, Leila. Hi, Callie. How are you? I'm great. I'm glad to have you. And also with me, Berta Rojas, associate professor in Berkeley's guitar department and winner of two Latin Grammys in 2022. She won Best Classical Album for her work Legato and Best Classical Contemporary Composition for the song Anito's Portrait I Chacarera. Hello, Berta. How are you, Kyla? I'm very happy to, to be in the show with you. Speaking of things that are of really great interest, interest to all of us, no? Exactly. So there's been a slow kind of barrier breaking at the Grammys. Many people listening to this conversation will say um, that's not surprising. Um, But I want to start this way. On the red carpet before the Grammy ceremony in 2020, Ryan Seacrest asked Rosalia about the significance of being the first Spanish language artist who was ever nominated for Best New Artist. I think that um, music has soul. It doesn't matter which language you're using, right? And I think that also it means that people is more open to receive a different proposals that it doesn't matter the language. And people is open to receive other cultures. And I think that's great. So that was a crack in the ceiling, as we say. And now bigger, bigger crack with the Bad Bunny nominations and others that we're going to mention in a second. But I want to get right off the top both of your responses um, to this historic moment. So I'll start with you, Layla. Um, what does it mean that Bad Bunny um, has gotten a nomination for Album of the Year? He's been nominated, let's say, uh, for Grammys before and won, and certainly won a host of Latin Grammys. But this is the first time someone um, who sings in Spanish has been in the Album of the Year category. It is a great moment for Bad Bunny. It's a great moment for Latin music, which I should clarify the way we use that term. Latin is music that's predominantly performed in Spanish. Um, But more than that, to me, it's just a great reflection of how popular culture and certain segments of popular culture in the United States have long rejected Spanish. And I'm saying Spanish very particularly, there seems to be like a problem with, um, or there seemed to be until now, with Spanish getting attention and with music in Spanish and content in Spanish being recognized 
in the way that it that it should have. Um, it took Despacito, I think, was the first song that was predominantly in Spanish that was nominated for Song of the Year, or maybe the second in I don't know how many decades. So this is really a Spanish problem. And, and with uh, we have an issue with this language, with the music that's done in this language, and with the artists that do it. And now the cultural tides uh, have really shifted. Now we see because of streaming that people are happy to consume the music in another language. Rosalia is right. It doesn't matter anymore. But for a long time, the gatekeepers were not happy with that. And uh, and I think Spanish, music in Spanish should have been in the running whenever it was worthy to be in the running. Uh, but to say that it wasn't worthy to be in the running for 50 years or 60 years, is a bit of a stretch. Uh, so clearly, I feel the music was being shut out. And now the music is so popular that it's impossible to ignore. And it's, you know, Bad Bunny was the biggest artist in the country last year, not only on Spotify, he was Billboard's Artist of the Year. Uh, and recognizing him seems the fair thing to do. So Berta, you're coming from a place of uh, being on really the same program with Bad Bunny and uh, because he certainly uh, was prominent at Latin Grammys as well uh, in November and you won uh, at that at that time. Tell me how you feel about this barrier breaking of coming from a person who produces uh, Latin music. Well, my world is quite different, no? Because Latin music is very much a part of the scene anywhere in classical music, right? When you think about figures like Villalobos or or Ponce or Carlos Chavez or Silvestre Revueltas or composers such as Austin Barrios, Manuel Ponce, they are all very much part of the uh, of programming, no? Uh, so I don't I don't see that happening in the classical music world, but it certainly is refreshing to see what's happening in the world of popular music, no? Um, and Professor, do you think, uh, do you agree with Layla that um, what we have seen and now that's changing has been a rejection of Spanish specifically? Yeah, and it is interesting to me to, to think about what was happening in, in my country, in Paraguay, just to, to talk about something I know. No? We used to sing phonetically great hits of uh, American music or music in, uh, written in, in English, no? And now I think it's happening, the, op the opposite is happening, no? We are singing sometimes phonetically songs that are great hits in, in, in Spanish, no? Uh, that not everybody understands the lyrics, but they just like the rhythm and they just like uh, to sing along, right? Kelly, I, if I, yes. I find what, what Berta said really interesting. The fact that in classical music, this is not a problem. It's instrumental music, right? Uh, a lot of it is, uh, although there's a lot of classical music that's in, in opera, etc. But all those composers she mentions in guitar specifically, the classical music canon of composers who are Spanish and Latin America is huge and it's performed by artists from all over the world. And, uh, and there's no questions asked because the music is exquisite. Uh, but I think that in popular music, the language was a barrier. And Leila, thinking about the guitar now that you mentioned the instrument, the fact that the guitar, and I like to call sisters or, or brothers and, and, and cousins of the classical guitar, uh, which could be the uh, Puerto Rican uh, cuatro or the, uh, the Venezuelan cuatro or the charango or 
instruments like that are very much present also in the sonority in the sounds of great successes of, of music like if you think of how Despacito starts starts mm -hmm. with the Puerto Rico and Cuatro that's right, right. So that's an instrument that is very much present there or the way um, the charango is being used in uh, music composed for movies no uh, so you would see that that those instruments that are so much part of the latin culture are very very present no? so i just want to point out a couple of things uh, with regard to this the what seems to be the issue being spanish singing um, or singing in spanish the 63 63rd Grammys, BTS, some people may recognize that name. That's a K-pop South Korean band. They were up for um, a Grammy nomination, I mean, a Grammy award. Uh, but I wonder if it was because it was the first time they sang in English. <laughs> so the rest of their songs in Korean, still very popular band here in America. But the the song that was um, nominated um, was their singing in English. So there's that point. The other point, which I didn't know, that since 1959, you correct me if this is wrong, but this is what my, my research says, well, that's when the Grammys started. There's only been one non-English song, which won Song of the Year and Record of the Year, and it was Italian. Um, volare. Yes. So volare. Eh, you know, that's bad imitation of it but, but you you get but it was a very popular song made popularized by Dean Martin I think if folks can remember that so I think it's fascinating um, to think about that there has been either inherently or not so inherently some kind of bias about Spanish and other languages in general now as we continue in this conversation I want people to hear uh, from the title track of Bad Bunny's album on Verano Sinti which is nominated for the 2023 Album of the Year, and it means A Summer Without You. Here it is. Uh, it's very beautiful. I think what a lot of people also may not know about Bad Bunny, I mean, if you follow him and you're really paying attention beyond the music, um, he's uh, something of a rebel. So a lot of his music is really quite pointed uh, politically. And I wanted to play a couple of um, uh, excerpts from some of that work so that people have a larger sense of him. This is a piece called El Apigón. I'm, of course, my pronunciation is terrible. It means blackout. And in this song, this is off of his Grammy-nominated album, Bad Bunny riffs about the blackouts that are all too common in Puerto Rico and calls out political leaders. Now, loosely, it says, Damn it, another blackout. Let's go to the bleachers and light up a blunt before I give Pipo a slap. And Pipo is the nickname for the current governor, Pedro Perlucci. So um, not only did uh, Bad Bunny make a, a break a huge barrier this year, he's, you know, got a political angle to his music, which I would think that both of you would would imagine might make him less interesting to some um, nominators because, you know, he's on the edge. 
I think his political leanings have been overhyped in the press. He's not a very political artist, in my opinion. Mm. He has El Apagón, which is, yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a song that's a, a protest song. Uh, in Spanish, una canción de denuncia, you know, it's denouncing somebody, something. But his catalog, by large and far, is not about that. I mean, he has a couple of songs that dwell on that. He is a guy that does uh, sing and rap about very current issues who takes a point who has a very defined point of view you know he has a song called um i dance alone it's very it's been very much embraced by the lgbtq community among other things because in the video he appears you know dressed as a woman so he has that but i don't think the essence of bad bunny is political at all i feel like he did one song and everybody decided he was a political artist but that's not the bulk of his catalog Okay, that's good to know. But I do think that it gives Bad Bunny a further um, a, a other dimension. So he's not just another reggaeton artist. It This does give him uh, another dimension that makes him actually more interesting, I think, to voters and to consumers because he's not one-dimensional. We should note that for the Grammys, he's also nominated in two other categories, Best Pop Solo Performance. I think he's up against Adele and everybody else. You, uh, you have the list in front of you, Layla. It's a huge, intense list, right? It is. And, and you know, the Grammys, they're big. Um, they always say we are awarding uh, wins based on the quality of the recordings. So it's not a popularity contest. It's not supposed to be a popularity contest. But he's up against a very broad and and uh, deep field of artists. So I think it's a toss up. I definitely, I, I mean, I really, I don't want to predict that one because I have no idea who will win. Okay. And he's in Best Musical Urbana Album, which I perceive as one of the niche categories that the Grammys put in place to address the fact that uh, other genres of music uh, based in other cultures, cultures, specifically Spanish, had a lot of value, but they didn't, at the time, want to include them in the other nominations. But that's me. You tell me. What do you, what do you how do you see that, um, either of you? Berta, do you think that's true, that the uh, musical Urbana category and the Grammys is was sort of a little bit of nod to what the Latin Grammys were already doing on a huge scale, which is acknowledging the excellence of Latin music. It's interesting because I was attending the, the ceremony uh, at the Latin Grammys, of course, and it was a big surprise when Jorge Drexler uh, won so many awards, no? Uh, but Bunny didn't win when Jorge Drexler won. Hmm. So I, I was very surprise and because Jorge Dressler is an is an artist that that I admire a lot ever since that uh, Oscar nominated song that he wasn't able to defend in the Oscar ceremony you may remember that that was 2004 no mm -hmm. and uh, it was the, the 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 Oscar that he ended up winning but he couldn't defend his song live no mm -hmm. uh, it was it had to be Santana and in banderas who defended that song that ended up winning the, the, the Oscar, no? And Jorge Drexler continued uh, working on, on the market and, and he actually took the best album, right? It wasn't Bad Bunny, yeah? So there are always opportunities for surprises in this, in this genre. 
uh, and in these awards and, and you know it's, it's so so varied and so open I don't know what's going to happen you know well, let me ask you a question, Berta. As someone who's won uh, Latin Grammys, of course, that that organization and that event uh, came together because much of the musicians, many of the musicians and the music itself, um, and as you both have discussed, perhaps even Spanish itself was being ignored specifically. And here you have a platform to have um, all of that music embraced and all of those musicians and artists embraced. And did that, do you think, in a weird way, put pressure on the Grammys to open up more? It may not have, uh, but certainly the Latin Grammys in and of itself have awakened so many of us to the variety um, and the excellence in the Latin music genres. I was talking about that with my students yesterday. Even if you consider the Spanish influence in in Latin American music, going from the Son Jarocho to the uh, the Venezuelan waltz to the Paraguayan polka or the Paraguayan guarania to the chacarera, uh, then you explore all the rhythms that have Afro influence, no? And you go to from the salsa, the merengue, so on and so forth. It's so varied, so rich that is it's only refreshing that all of this is happening because if anything it will give a lot of variety to this music that is being produced you know? so it's beautiful just to to listen to esperanza spalding sing a chacarera yes. that she composed yes like, isn't yes. that amazing no yes <laughs> it's so exciting but Kelly, i have yes. to clarify something mm -hmm. the latin categories at the grammys have long existed that's not Yes. There have been Latin categories in the Grammys before there were Latin Grammys. So this is not something that the Grammys, in all fairness, that the Academy created in reaction to the Latin Grammys. No, the Academy always had Latin categories or has long had them. I think originally they were best Mexican regional album. I'm, I'm botching up the names, but there was a tropical album category, a pop and a and I'm a Mexican music category. That has always existed. The urban category is relatively new. I'm not sure if it's from last year or from two years ago, because at some point, urban was meshed into pop. And then finally, urban got its own category. Um, and also, one thing that I want to really point is that when the Grammys and the Academy first had Latin categories, which we're talking, this is 30 years ago. It's been a while. Um, there was a Latin population in the States. Uh, there was a, a Latin music industry in the States for sure. It was all happening, but it's not remotely comparable to what happens today. Today, Latins are the biggest minority in this country. They are 19, 19% of the population. I'd, I would be remiss if I did not note um, that there are uh, a couple of other potential barrier breakers in the Grammys this year. Brazilian, Brazilian singer Anita was nominated in the Best New Artist category, uh, along with another artist, artist named Omar. But I was particularly interested in Anita. Um, she sings in Portuguese. She sings in Spanish. She also sings in English. Um, her smash hit was Involver, um, off of her 2020 album, Versions of Me. Here it is. Mm -hmm. 
Now, here again was a situation where the Latin Grammys, of course, would be way out ahead. She hosted those, um, and that was pretty interesting. The last time a Brazilian was nominated was Astrid Gilberto for The Girl from Ipanema, which I think that's a song that a lot of people know. And here's a clip from Anita singing in English and Portuguese in Girl from Rio. She riffs off that um, hit some years ago. I got it, I got it, I got it, I got it, it runs in my blood, oh. I love it, I love it, I love it, I love it, you already know, oh. I did my dozen, I'm lucky, I'm lucky, I'm lucky, I you know, oh. It's my love affair, I want to point out she's in the best new artist category, um, (laughs) Berta and Layla, but she's been around for 12 years, which is interesting. Um, And she speaks in all of the languages. And I don't know if that gave her a boost because she also sings in English, as I've said. Uh, The other artist in that same category is Mexican-American. So interesting. Would both of you say? Very interesting. I was very surprised at that at that nomination, uh, Anita is a big global star. Uh, and what sets her apart is she's from Brazil, like you said, but she sings in Spanish and she's really become very successful outside of Brazil, which is very hard to do. Brazil, it's, it's, Brazil is a world in and of itself. So it's rare for artists to leave Brazil and, and gain new territory outside. It's hard to do. They're singing in a completely different language so they don't really fall into the quote-unquote latin category and what anita has done is remarkable but yeah she's been around for a very long time in the latin world i was surprised to see her in the best new artist category but i don't know what what berta thinks oh i i saw anita perform and and she's amazing yeah energy and and passion in in her performances, I, I really loved what I what I saw in the in the award ceremony, and that also, uh, please allow me to mention this, when we are thinking about the role of women nowadays in the in the musical scene, no, and we don't often mention that Despacito, that huge hit, was co-authored by a woman, Erika mm-hmm. Ender, you know, so it's interesting also to see how women are taking a, a lead role also in, in, in the music business, no? So the Grammys are a big, big foot. You know, they're huge. They're the prestigious institution. So, you know, those nominations and those wins mean something larger. Um, where are we at now with this barrier-breaking nomination, even if he doesn't win Bad Bunny, and with the nominations of Anita and... Um, Omar Apollo and um, and in 2020 Rosalia breaking in in Best New Artist as well. So it's undeniable, but will we see a bigger footprint inside the Grammys for these artists? What what do you all predict? I I think the Academy has been taken small but steady steps over the past decade. Uh, we had Jay Balvin perform at the opening ceremony a couple of years ago. We had Despacito nominated in the, I believe it was Song of the Year, even though it didn't win. It should have won, but sure should have. Um, so <laughs> that's I, my <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> but they have been making slow and steady steps, and I think that we live in a global culture now. It's not so segmented 
music is so fluid. Uh, there's so much going in and out of, of every genre and every artist. And, and Latin is more and more part of the mainstream. So I think this is not going to go away. And I always say, I'm not, I think the music, if it's good, if it has the merit, it should be in the running, regardless of the language. I agree with you. And it was beautiful what you said. And I can only add, make quality rain. Hmm. Well, that's a good way to end. Um, because there certainly would be a lot more if that was the way they were selecting some of these nominations. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Thank you both for joining me for this conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> Leila Cobo is a journalist, author, and Billboard's chief content officer of Latin music. And Berta Rojas is an associate professor in Berkeley's guitar department and winner of two Latin Grammys in 2022. That's it for this week's edition of Under the Radar with Callie Crossley. Listen to us online at GBH News or wherever you get your podcasts. And follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date with our programming. Under the Radar with Callie Crossley is a production of GBH, produced by Jesse Steinmetz and engineered by Dave Goodman. Jenny Firm is our intern. Our theme music is Fish and Chips by We Are Two Saxies, Grace Kelly and Leo P. Listen again on Thursday and see you here at 6 p.m. next Sunday for a new episode. I'm Callie Crossley. Thanks for listening.